Welcome to the podcast, Love, Transform, Restore. This is your host, Charles Prince. Thank you all again for tuning in to the podcast, and pray everyone is doing well. Oh, for uh, us here in Colorado, uh, getting ready to slowly ease back into everything. Our governor is going to let our shelter in place um, run out on April 27th, and then he is going to um, allow businesses, uh, certain businesses, a little bit of change, a little bit of uh, normalcy creep back in a little at a time, not kind of opening the floodgates, so to speak. So, um, you know, I, I just want to give this um, this out, mention this to everyone before we uh, go any further. It's so easy to be critical of those of that are in authority. And I just want to say, pray for everyone in authority, the president, the governors, the mayors, the county commissioners. Yes, we don't always agree with their decisions, and sometimes it's frustrating. However, I encourage us to pray for them. This is a very difficult situation, and the question is, is so you know, with this going on, what would we have done? And to be honest with you, I don't know what I would have done. I don't know what would have been the thing for me to do, which I don't have no experience to answer that question. And I'm sure a number of us don't either. So just keep that in mind that these uh, those that are in authority are doing the best they can um, to the best of their ability and based on the information and advice they are getting from their cabinets um, from the scientists that they are talking to, the numbers and the statistics. So that they're doing what I believe is the best they can. And and it's easy to be critical of those decisions. And I think personally that there are some things that are being done that I do think that warrant some type of criticism, but to absolutely just straight up just be 100% criticizing is not going to help our case. Um Matter of fact, you know, we should consider what's going on, maybe to a degree, some blessings for us as the Christian. Uh, for us as the Christian, you know, so often the excuse I often hear, which is funny because that is going to be leading into our topic for today. Um, the question I get asked about, um, what 
can I do to increase my Bible study? That's one of the top things I get asked about. But so often I'll talk to Christians, and the first thing they will tell me when I address about Bible study or taking time to study God's Word, the first thing, the first excuse I always hear is, I do not have the time. I don't have the time. Um, I'm so busy. I'm sure God will understand. And I will hear that so much. And then all of this takes place, and the question has to be asked, okay, so what's the excuse now? Now, if that particular person is working an essential job, then I can understand using that same excuse. However, we do make time for things that are important. So even if our schedules are still full, we, you know, when we want to do something, when we do something that we consider a necessity, we will do it. Because I guarantee you, those that are busy even now, and even those of us that work from home, you know, we are still busy. You know, if you're busy, you're going to you might not exactly eat dinner on time or eat lunch on time, eat breakfast on time or or whatnot, but you understand that food is a substance, is a necessary substance. So with that being said, if we recognize food as being necessary, the physical food we intake and we ingest and we eat as being necessary and we need to live on it, then why can't we do the same with God's word? You know, why not start off 20 minutes, 15 minutes a day and slowly increase the amount of time we study God's word? It's so easy to share a verse on Facebook or to read. Um, I, I tell you what, I believe more Christians, I strongly believe more Christians read more of those statuses on Facebook and memes on Facebook that say, if you love me, you know, Jesus, supposedly speaking, if you love me, you will share this. Ignore if you are a child of the devil. I really feel like that there are more people that take more stock into that and take more into that than they do of reading God's word. If you're hearing other, vo uh, other noises, it's because I have the window open, uh, just enjoying the breeze um, coming in. So if you, like... For instance, if you just heard a truck just now, that's me having the window open. So, <laughs> um, and plus, which speaking of picking up sounds, um, I, I want to give a huge thank you to Lainey Becker. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lainey Becker. Um, if you notice, my podcasts have been sounding a little different the past couple of podcasts, and including this one as well. It's because I've been having to rely on the... Uh, I've been having to rely on other equipment besides my phone because I usually record this to my phone, but I have uh, been needing to use my use the Kindle. I have a couple of Kindles, one that was donated, and the one that I have um, had here previously that belongs to Chrissy. I've been needing to use the Kindle to record, and the Kindle does not pick up quite as good as the. Uh, as the phone does, and and the reason why I haven't been able to use my phone is because having an iPhone 7, I do not have an adapter. I used to, but I have no idea where I put that adapter, and it's so small and so tiny, so I'm surprised I haven't lost it before now. But great thing is, uh, Lady Becker, uh, she's a, um, one of my best friends from Deming, New Mexico, she is sending me her old iPhone SE, which the older iPhones have 
uh, still have the 3.5 millimeter headphone jack on there, so I can get back to recording back straight to the Anchor app, and I am excited about that. And plus, another thing that's that gets me excited about it is that that phone's whole purpose will be for the podcast and for recording of sermons so i have a dedicated the device that can do everything and also share by internet so again thank you Lenny becker for that um one thing i want to keep in mind in uh, getting back to the topic of having the time to study in second timothy 215 um We've discussed this passage a bit um, in the past. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. One cannot rightly handle the word of truth if they don't know how to use it. Um, for those of you that utilize or have weapons or big, uh, big into collecting knives and uh, or of collecting guns and knowing how to use guns, um, one thing that is the biggest piece of advice that's often given, especially to new gun owners, especially, especially if it's to a gun owner that's getting a gun for protection, is for them to go to the range to get training on the weapon, to understand how to use the weapon. We, that is what is given, given as the advice because if one gets a gun and don't know how to use it, guess what? They can seriously hurt themselves. They can seriously put themselves and others in harm's way. So it is very important that a person who utilizes and has that weapon, they know how to be, they know how to use it. They're trained on it. And that's the thing. As we see in Ephesians chapter 6, we see that we are to put on the whole armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. But one thing you must keep in mind is that if you look at verse number 17 of Ephesians 6, after it talks about the helmet of the uh, helmet of salvation, it says the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You're given an offensive weapon. And though a sword and a gun have uh, different um, techniques in how to use them, they both have one thing in common. They both require you to be trained on on how to use properly. I do not know how to use a sword. I was given a sword from Sister Lucretia Birmingham out of uh, um, back in uh, back in uh, Deming, and it belonged to her late son. And I still have it. It's on, sitting on top of my fridge right now. But if I ever had to use that weapon, I might be able to do some kind of damage with it. But as far as effectively using it, I don't know how because I was never trained on a sword. I was trained on guns, but I never was trained on a sword. And so training of the weapon is very important. And that includes the word of God. You have to be trained on how to use the word of God or you will not use it effectively. And that is one of the biggest problems we have in our um, generation today and not just our generation, but previous generations as well. The lack of understanding of how to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, as we see in Ephesians six seventeen, has led to people not only not knowing how to use the word of God properly, but abandoning the word of God altogether. And so that's a very sad and but a very true prospect. We have abandoned so much on what it is to be part of the 
of the body of Christ and realizing that not just being a part of the body of Christ is not just all the good things, the fellowship, the encouraging of one another, the building up of one another, the obeying of God as we see in Matthew six thirty three, the putting our fears and our fears aside and letting God handle the future as we see in Matthew six thirty four, and as mentioned the encouraging and building up one another as we see in Hebrews ten twenty four and twenty five. Uh, the fellowship as we see in uh, Acts chapter 2 and we see in verses 40 to the end of the chapter there, the fellowship they had of encouraging and building up one another. So all of that is included and we, and it is great and happiness does come from being in the family of God. But a lot of times we forget too that we got to put on the whole armor of God and that we have to train how to use the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And training on how to use it means that we need to know the weapon we're using. We need to know the weapon we're using. You can think of any gun, and you can think of any modification done to the gun, any um, anything that is very important as far as uh, as far as the magazines and where they go and the uh, the safety and where everything is at and for the weapons I'm trained on, I can, I know almost without looking where everything is. And this is not to say we should do that. We should always keep an eye on it and, you know, ensure no mistakes are made. But that tells you how much training I had on various weapons. And the same must be said about God's Word. This is not to say that we're going to know everything, but... At the same time, you know, and this is one thing I hear all the time, and I used to use this excuse too, so I'm not trying to say that I am better than anyone because I've used this excuse so many times as well. I used to say, well, I'm not going to know everything, so what's the point of even trying to keep a verse in mind or keep a verse in two in mind? You know, it's like, I can have it with me, and especially since we have phones, and which, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong in having the Bible on our phones. I strongly encourage us to have some type of Bible app on our phones, even if you don't use it for worship as far as, uh, you know, using it on Sunday mornings or, or uh, depending on where you go, Sunday nights and Wednesday nights. Um, you know, or other meeting times. You may don't have to necessarily use it for that purpose, but... I encourage us to have something on our phone. So when if you do run across someone, and either, it don't have to even be combative. If someone just simply is needing to talk to you and you want to think of a verse to tell them, it's always great to have a resource there on your phone to be able to pull up and say, hey, you know, Ephesians 6, verse 7, you know, you know, this uh, throwing out verse number out there and say, hey, this is something that's good for you to read or to keep in mind or, you know, even create an image. You know, I think uh, U version from uh, the U version Bible app and Logos, I'm sure you can do this on Accordance as well, but I only have experience on U version and Logos Bible, uh, Bible software and apps is uh, you can make verses into images and, sh and send them, so that way the verses can stick in people's minds a little more. So this is uh, 
a lot of good things you can have with that app. And plus, if you got times that you want to study or look in the God's Word, maybe waiting in the doctor's office or um, just waiting in general, you don't have a Bible wait. It's always it's always tempting. Get on Facebook and start scrolling and reading. You know, I encourage us. You know, why not we? Why don't we open up Bible app and read a little bit here and there? And it can add up over time. And so, so important to realize the importance of knowing how to be trained on how to be part of not only the army of God, but how to utilize our weapons and the army of God. And we must uh, keep in mind that. Training on scripture is not, is not an option. Because in this passage that I had referenced in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse, uh, verses 10 through uh, 18, 10, 10 through 20, if we really want to get um, the entire context of this here, one thing you find intriguing is with Paul through inspiration, especially look at verse 10, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. In verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. What you notice about what is said here, Paul is not giving an option. Don't forget, he is inspired through the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is saying, we don't have an option in this. If you are to be strong in the Lord, and to be in the Lord, period, one must put on the whole armor of God. And not only having that whole armor that you will read, that we see in uh, verses 14 through 17 and 17a, about all the defensive things we have, all the protection we have, but then to take up the sword of the Spirit. And praying, verse 18, praying and the Holy Word of God are the only two offensive weapons we have. And we must know how to master both of them. Now, when I say master, does that mean that we know everything? No, we're never going to know everything. But we should master the Word of God enough to know how to use it efficiently. We should master prayer enough that we know how to use it efficiently. And it's vital that we know how to use it efficiently. So... That's the thing I want to focus on in not just what we've been focusing on, but just a reminder to yourselves, to all of us, including myself, that study of the Word of God is not an optional thing. We take it as optional, but let's make some things very clear here. The Word of God is the only way we know that we get to see in the mind of God, understand the mind of God of what's been revealed to us, because we're not going to understand everything because, well, we're not God. We have been created by God, but we cannot fathom and comprehend what all he has done and the things that he's what he has done and what he will do. So this is quite a bit that we have to realize the importance of when realizing that God is indeed has power overall. And so not only that, but as I mentioned, scripture does look into the mind of God. In Second Timothy chapter three and verse sixteen, um the verse there reads, All scripture is which in the King James, it says it's given by inspiration of God. And the American Standard, every scripture inspired of God. 
And what those means is, and literally, and uh, the ESV, well, what the ESV gives a good rendering of this, which both um, American Standard and King James give good renderings of this. But I like what the ESV conveys here. All scripture is breathed out by God. Inspired means it comes from the very breath of God. So how can we, I hear people say this all the time. They'll say, well, I don't have time to study God's word or study. Well, what's interesting is a lot of times when I hear people make that excuse, they don't call it God's word. They'll just say, I don't have time to study the Bible. And this is not to say that Bible is not a bad term, but it's interesting that I would only hear people reference it, reference the Bible as God's word if they are saying something that's going to make them look positive about what they're doing with God's word. They'll say, oh, I'm studying God's word. I, I love studying God's word. But notice that when they, and this is not to say this is every person, but just in my personal experience, they'll have no problem mentioning or calling it God's word when they're actually doing something or at least giving the impression they are doing something. But when they admit, oh, you know, I don't have time to study the Bible. You know, a lot of times it was refer back to this calling it the Bible, and and uh, and a lot of and this is nothing in nothing significant in saying that someone who does that you know don't respect what they read. No, I'm not get. I don't want to give that impression at all. But I do want us to realize that there are some who will take the excuse. Well, I don't have time. I can know, and they'll say I can know God without having to read the Bible. Well, there's a big problem with that. Now, Psalms does tell us that there are things in nature that point us to the Father, that point us to God. And so this is not to say that um, nothing, that there's absolutely nothing outside of God's word that doesn't point to God. However, that can only teach us and tell us so much. If all scripture is breathed out by God, if it is God's own breath in the Holy Word in Scripture, then that means that we fully cannot know Him without studying Scripture. And yes, it's not easy. And I know this seems like this is a bashing coming from a preacher to those who aren't preachers and saying, oh, Lord, he's getting on to us for not studying. And, and this is not to make anyone feel shameful or at least to feel ashamed to the point that I that they feel like that I'm just completely getting on to them. Because I want everyone to know that even as a preacher, it's still not always easy to dig into God's Word. You might think to yourself, wait a minute, but you're a preacher. And it's like, yes, I'm always digging in God's Word, but there's a difference between digging for work and digging in God's Word for my own personal benefit. And sometimes the personal benefit can easily get sacrificed getting overwhelmed with what needs to be studied for work purposes. And so, so yes, I'm speaking from experience about studying God's Word on a personal no, and I need this lesson just as much as anyone else does because I have to keep in mind what all I need to do to keep on the goal and on the path of 
God and being able to master that weapon. Because I can master that weapon for work, but I need to master that weapon for my personal use. Because that's one thing I do want to point out about the Word of God. It's so easy to say, especially the analogies I use of the sword and guns, it's easy to master those weapons. However, the Word of God has one more thing to it that makes that's very different from physical weapons such as guns and knife, uh, guns and uh, swords, which you can throw knives in there too. But um, one of the biggest things is with a gun and with a sword, your whole purpose is to use the weapon without you getting hurt. With the Word of God, that is the only weapon we have that we are taught that we're expected to master that is used for the purpose of striking into the heart of those that need to be touched with the gospel and with the words of God and striking into the heart of the user. So that's the reason why Hebrews 4.12 accurately, I think, is a perfect description of God's word. It is a two-edged sword, meaning that it it's very deadly since it's a two-edged sword. But just as it being deadly as it enters into the heart of those that are lost without God, it also has the chance to hurt you, and it should hurt. It should cause us to want to change. It should cause us to want to get to know God better and more personally. Per, more personally, and so that's uh, we have to keep in mind the importance of that, and realizing that God's word plays an important role in how we live our lives, and how we encourage one another, and how we get stronger and closer to God, is just part of is this part of the bigger picture of why we need to master this weapon, and we need to understand that God's word is a necessity and not an option. So that's a hard habit, a hard habit to form in our minds that, hey, we need to keep in mind that this is not an option for us. We have to study, and we have to know what God's Word says. And so, just real quick, what are some tips that we can do to help and increase our study for God's Word? Um, like I said, um, if you're one that does not study on a regular basis, I encourage you, at a minimum, to at least outside of Sunday morning and for us at Lyman we have uh, Sunday morning we have Sunday morning Bible class Sunday morning worship and then the Wednesday evening Bible class we do at the McCabs house and a number of Bible studies during the week two ladies classes and a men's class or well, we was doing that until COVID-19 disrupt so much of that <laughs> but um but we had a lot of time to study together but um even with all that, I still encourage to still study on your own, even if your congregation has those, has more than what we have, or have less of what we have. I encourage you, start off with at least 10 minutes a day. And start off either 10 minutes a day, or start off by reading a chapter a day. And you could start off in uh, whatever book you want, and... What I encourage you to do, though, is just be sure to write down questions, write down notes that you get from what you read, and slowly increase that every week. If you did 10 minutes or a chapter 
one week, or let's just go with the time for now. If you did 10 minutes this week, shoot for 15 minutes next week. Then shoot for 30 minutes. And I want to encourage us that um, start off with 10 minutes a day, then try to do 15 a day, then 30 a day. And I'm not trying to put a limit on how long you should go, but um, whatever, one, you feel comfortable with, and two, just as long as you are getting some kind of spiritual food. And so sometimes you might have to change it up a bit. You might have to do some reading for some um, some days. Perhaps you need to listen to it. If you commute back and forth, um, which I know many are working from home now, but if you once all this starts to get a little more under control, if uh, you commute back and forth to Denver or to Colorado Springs or if you live in other areas and you have to commute to a major area to work, um, put on uh, Uversion Bible app has Bibles you can listen to. Put them on. Listen to them and, and encourage you to do, the, to do that. That way you're at least getting something injected and something that you can be able to help keep your mind sharp on God's Word. So those are just couple tips but the important thing is we need to at least set aside a little bit of time because God has given us so much the very least we can do is give him a few minutes a day for him and I encourage us to do more than that thank you all for tuning in to this podcast hope this has been beneficial and helpful to all of you and you all have a good rest of the day rest of the evening um, good rest of the week. We'll be back on Friday and you all take care of yourselves, stay healthy and to God be the glory.